0: Good afternoon and welcome to a Two Up Top special with myself, Gav Mack, King Host Extraordinaire, with Jed Searson, the scouting extraordinaire, scouting legend, ex Grimsby, ex (laughs) Leighton Orient, ex West Ham United, there he Uh is.
1: I think, you're, I think you've stretched the word very big, extraordinary, or legend. I think you've extremely stretched the boundaries of the term, that one. But, uh, oh,
0: I don't know about that. I'll see what you're well, getting up I'll, to, Jed, I'll tell you. I'll tell you.
1: Yeah, so, then, thanks for having me on, Gavin. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: It's brilliant. Thank you. Dude, really, really appreciate it, mate. Honestly, it's, um, it's always good. I always like to have different types of people on the show. We've had ex-footballers on the show. We've had you know, people that are connected with big clubs over in Germany on the show. Now, this is just a little bit of a different aspect to it. We don't really know much of what a scout does. We've all, we've all played a bit of football manager. We all like a certain player. We we press a button and then next thing you know, we sign them, you know, Tonto Maconco and, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, Freddie Adu and players like that. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I I've actually, I've actually came across you, the other day on football manager which i think is pretty cool where
1: where where, where was i on the recent is this the recent version is it now it was, it
0: was the recent one yeah you were unemployed, um, <laughs> but, um but um i picked picture up a job with my team at palermo yeah, so, they,
1: so, had, they had me when i was at grinsby i was on there when i was at leighton orient they had me on there and then when i left grinsby certain time they had me down at mansfield me down now and then um, someone told me said, oh you're on you're still on it I said where am I now I said, oh you're at Mansfield now and it was it was a big story apparently it was heartbreaking that I left my club and all this kind of stuff and he goes I tried to sign you at Man City but apparently I turned them down and said no I wasn't interested <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so instantly then obviously we realise it's only fiction in that game but yeah yeah so I'm, I'm, okay I'm still on it anyway I'm still yeah,
0: you're, yeah you're currently with me at Palermo and um you're, not... you're you're scouting you're scouting league one and league
1: two at the moment in, 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 my, in England, is, so. and my ratings improved apparently my, my rate is one too high on there but apparently i was apparently disciplined apparently i was i was like the very top of like the defensive organization or something and discipline but my attacking player apparently was like three or something so uh, you, my my ratings were very high on there
0: apparently you, you you're judging player player potential is is a 16 out of 20. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to what you bring over to my team at Palermo. But <laughs> let's 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 find out a little bit more about you first of all, Jed. I want to know. You know how, how did where where what where did you grow up? You know what where where are you where are you from?
1: Okay, so I'm I'm one of the the last um, suppose still surviving original Eastenders. Um, you I know, the original, I mean I was born and grew up and a school in East London, and I'm still based in East London. Although I was uh, abroad before lockdown, but I'll tell you a bit more about it later on. Um, so I'm from, I'm from East London, I'm from Bethlehem Green. Um, so yeah, there isn't many, I'd say originals still in East London, still here now, uh, but I'm mm. one of the guys down. And um, that was my, I grew up in the area and um, my, my local team was West Ham that I, I supported um, since a child and eventually did end up working there as well, which is purely coincidence and so on. Mm. Um, again, from my background as a player, I wasn't, I wasn't a professional footballer or anything like that. Um, I did get injured uh, at the age of 17, not that I was going to be a great player or anything like that, and started coaching at the age of 19. So back in the days when there wasn't many youngsters um, coaching, now there's lots of guys that are put on uh, coaching courses at the age of 16 and 17 and 18. When I did it, I was like the only youngster on it. It was Everyone was all older people, should we say, and I, I was I was quite rare at that time to be a youngster that was quite enthusiastic and wanted to get into scouting and coaching. Um, and I literally went in with a blank sheet of paper and I was like, okay, show me what I've got to do and that was it and even from doing my badges and stuff like that I, I was further on it, I was already travelling around the country watching um, Scouts, was a, there was a, an organisation by Adidas, that's I was sponsored by Adidas that run sort of coaches seminars across the country every month, so from the age of 19 I went to all of them for about three years so I was only working part time, up have college and all my money was going to that. and I was really full I met people like uh, Don Howe, who was England coached wow. at doing sessions, and Dave Sexton, um, the legend Malcolm Allison, the famous mm. Man City um, manager, legendary coach. I saw someone like him doing sessions, which were fantastic. Even though doing a session, it we was sponsored by Adidas. It was um, any bit of Adidas equipment you can think of, different size balls of any any shape um, size goals of any different size, every kind of bibs and everything that you wanted, all sponsored by the desk. And yet when he did his session, he told one team to take the shirts off and it was the first to play shirts versus skins. So kind of uh, <laughs> <I wasn't laughs> frowned upon these days, but yeah, it was just old school. That was the way he did it uh, back in the day. But so just getting learning from legendary uh, coaches like that. And then um, I was very fortunate. My sort of coaching mentor um, that I got to meet um, was um, Sir Bobby Robson, Mr. Robson, when I, I yeah. do I knew uh, MPSV I know, and I went out and studied with him uh, just to get my uh, understand a bit more about uh, coaching and managing and so on. And like, that. so um, I feel like was, it's going to be look, a
0: show of name dropping today. You've already uh, pulled up absolute gems and okay, so real treasures put, of football. That's we'll brilliant.
1: A, there'll be um, you have to get your and brush out of it, but no, I mean, the relevant stuff. I mean, um, uh, Mr. Rose. Bobby as he was Was super I was a young A young 24 year old coach Just asked Can I come out there To watch the train Fine And then they just got the point He had me on the pitch With him when he was Doing his sessions So they had A uh, bit of PSV So there's 300 people Watching the session And I'm walking around The pitch with him He's bringing me along With him And said Have you seen this drill before Have you seen this practice And it was like Have you done this drill yourself And I'm like Yeah, yeah I've done this one But what do you use it for I said, well, it's for switching he goes, Yeah, that's what I use it for. I learned it from the Brazilian. Before. And it was like a great education wow. by that. All the fans there asking, excuse me, are you uh, Mr. Robson's son? Said, no, 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 I'm just a coach. All oh, right, right. And they couldn't work out why I was being given all this privilege special. So when you hear these stories of people being looked after him, like Sven-Goran Eriksson sitting on the bench with uh, him when he was at Ipswich and stuff like that, these stories are true. I mean, even I left one weekend. I was there. I was there for a week. Uh, on one of the trips there, yeah, and I was going home. And he said, oh, "When are you going home?" And I was like, oh, "I'm flying home tomorrow afternoon." And he's like, "Oh right, okay." So he said, "Oh, we're playing um, IX away. Did you want to come on the bus with us?" I'm like. So you're thinking back now. I need I'm to delay
0: like, no. my flight. I need to delay yeah. my
1: flight. and then things like that. You, as a youngster, you don't you feel, oh no, I've got my flight to go back to, life. and you're like thinking. So again, it was just, it was just someone who looked after me and points and stuff I learned from him. Then years later, that I would have probably used and stuff. I mean, it was quite still early in my my coaching development and stuff like that at that time. Um, but it was true. it was great. People like that, yeah, great great role models. Of him there, and I went to YX, watched the Bengal train when he was in that legendary. At that time, back in the '90s, and then I went out to Romania. I was the first um, British coach ever allowed to watch the Albanian restaurant. Um, so that was one of my That was my experience there. That was something completely different. Watching young kids playing on on um, sort of cinder picture. They didn't know grass pitches. they boys didn't even have the boots um, to actually be able to afford a pair of boots to play. And these are youth team players at clubs. But you yeah. see great, great, talented players, but all kind of sort of street footballish, very sort of one-footed, but sort of technically very sharp and game intelligence, very close the the original street footballer's type mentality, kind of knowing what's going to go on. But again, technically, it could be a bit unbalanced, like one-footed and so sort on. Of like, but then you see a hedge and so sort on of like that. Um, so that technically, a lot of their technique was just picked up from the streets.
0: So yeah. you're, you're in mid-20s. You've, 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 you've got away with well, you've worked damn hard to get into these sort of situations. There will be elements of luck, I'd imagine, as well. You know, yeah, being I mean, in the I'm right like, place at the right time.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I had my own football academy, little soccer school thing out in Essex in Chadwell Heath. And I had 300 kids uh, at its highest point there come in. So, myself, I was running five teams, four teams on a Sunday so to do The league was all at one place, so I used to get up and uh, do one game at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then there'd be another game at half 11. You end up like an under... 11th game or something like that. So I was doing football every single day coaching and I started doing uh, coaching at non-league um, level, doing stuff at like Aaron Guevara doing various jobs from reserve team coaching, youth coaching, goalkeeper coach for one season as well, even though I can't catch it all today be life, to be honest, in a game situation. But... <laughs> I knew the theory. I'd, done my, I'd studied, again, as everything. I'd always watch goalkeeping sessions, so I knew the kind of theory and stuff like that. Um, then I started doing a lot of college football, which was, I loved college football. It was, was superb. I mean, I was at Enfield College, you know, Forest College, and in days of, we was always kind of, the, the college I was at would always, Enfield, we had the worst pitch, we had the worst kit. wanting to be washed half the time. If someone forgot to wash it, they wore the same kit the week before. And, um, and we was like the roughest, toughest team out there as well. Everything, the worst mini, but you name it, we just had nothing. And yet we went out and beat everyone. And it was quite a great, and I'm talking to the guys now, they're in their 30s now. And they all said it was a great time in their life. They really enjoyed it and wow. stuff like that. So it was, it was good. I was, I was lucky again. I had some good breaks there and stuff. But All the stuff, again, I learned from some really good coaches and stuff like that. It really gave me a massive head start. Um and then eventually come to the next step of actually managing non league. So that was my last thing I did before I went into the scouting sort of background. I went to um
0: Who were you managing at Non League?
1: I was at Haringey Borough and uh, yeah, we Essex senior now, league. Well they're now they're in the they won the Essex senior after I was there, not when I was there. Then they was in the what would be the Rymans, was it Ishmian League now and just missed out a year ago of being at the um uh, getting into the national south. But was, those were the days, not when I was at Haringey Borough. When you go there now and there's like 400 people there or 800 people for playoff games, when I was there, they had three fans.
0: Oh, and, dude, I, I was a referee. When I lived in London, I refereed on the Essex Senior League. So I came across Haringey Borough a couple of times and I did like the setup down there. They always had a good scran after the game. They always did. a good time the referees and
1: that. I said it was, but yeah, yeah. I was yeah, there and we had three fans, two of them died. Um, so literally there was there was nothing there. There was, the, again, another one, worse pitch. We had nowhere to train. Um, there was sort of no real budget there and stuff like that. I came in there and the club was all like relegated, which was the thing nearly every year with Aaron Gay at that time. It was almost nearly relegated. Another year they got nearly mm. relegated. Got brought in at the end of the year um, and literally just got loads of the college boys I had in there before Literally you mm. favours, got some sort of, like, pros came in, and, and very, very small little expenses. And um, somehow we went for a mad run about five wins in a row and got out of relegation trouble and survived. Wow. Team, literally put his team together. And was fantastic. We've done this great thing. It was a great achievement for the young kids to kind of get through. know, survived. Um, and then the next year was expected to do the same thing again with no budget, which wasn't so easy. Yeah, really cool. struggled. Struggled all year. Got our act together by the end of the year. And went on a mad run of winning games again. Ended up with thirty-five points, which was like that was normally a mid-table one, and that was one year that we actually got relegated on a point. Oh. Of, normally the team got relegated at about twelve points. We ended up with thirty-five points and got relegated. It was just something went mad, so really, really unfortunate and stuff like. That. But again, it was it was a for me. It was a learning curve as again, as a I was only thirty. I think it was thirty-one at that time. I was still quite relatively young. Um, I wish what I know now in football back then would have been. A massive difference as well. of oh, course. Went then went the Wolfen Forest after that. The year after, yeah, no, Wolfen Forest as well. Yeah. In the in the Romans league again, and another club. Usual situation: bottom of the league, no money, no budget, no chance, no help. And then how hard
0: is it to try and keep the players motivated when there's no money? Because I I, I saw it a lot from from my time in the game. I, I was doing a lot of semi-pro up in Northamptonshire, where I where I live now. And um, when well, I lived down in London and you'll get teams that are paying nothing at semi-pro level, you get teams that are paying 20 quid, 30 quid a game, and then someone will put a seven-dayer in and offer them 35 quid a game and they, and lost how, the how, how do you keep hold of yeah. them?
1: It, it was, it was a nightmare. That was, that was the whole thing of it. You see, every year you're trying to put a, put a team together. So I said, the, the Herringer Borough team, you're putting together um, the young college lads and so on. And then the time to Walker Forest again, which is higher level again. And it was, a, a you're playing against clubs now that are turning up with uh, sort of 400 supporters and stuff like that. It was a big step up. Mm-hmm. And then I think the second game we had in charge, second game I had in charge, yep, second game I had in charge, we played Dart Hawaii, which was under their new, brand new stadium and everything Lovely like that. new ground that is, yeah. Was, there was 2,000 people at the game. We turned up on a minibus and we had to park the minibus in front of a lamppost because the back doors were unlocked on the minibus. So literally, we, we we had nothing. We had the kit. We didn't have from one to eleven. We had one of the lads that the number fifteen or 17 because the number five shirt got nicked. So we had we, we had literally we signed up with nothing. And, then, and, though, yeah. and they and they had been winning like seven nil every week. And and our boys wasn't on any money, no budget or anything like that. And then I said I had college boys again, boys that worked with me and. Uh, Previous for Haringey, I was at another London Asper, Literally about a month in between there as well. They literally played at London They played
0: at Marlin. I knew knew Yeah, and yeah. I was
1: there literally a month, same situation. And then Wolf Forest came in to me, said, "Look, we can offer you, we can't offer you much more, but it's a bigger standard." I said, "Yeah, okay, fine." So Asper was fine. I mean, no, no problems there. But again, you know, I just the offer came and said, a lot got to move. I said, "Come in, help help me out a bit," but this, this is a job I can't turn down. But I said, "Yeah," we went somewhere like Arford there. The guys were like when like half time they had someone from X Factor was singing on the pitch at half time. I mean this was this was like we had like sprinklers <laughs> come out before pick for, off the and we went out thinking, we've got nothing. Our pitch hasn't got we've got nothing we got nothing. We was ground I mean we actually got kicked out of our home at that point at Warham Forest. And so we was ground sharing out in Chelmsford somewhere at oh, So we we literally had nothing and, then, and, this boy, and I said to him, I but I picked up a, a lot of university players at this time as well. Mm-hmm. And we just said I said look we can't offer you anything, but it's a shot window. That's all we can offer you. If you go out and perform well against these clubs, someone will, will come in and, uh, and want you. So, as you were saying, how do you hold on to the players? That was what it was. It was a shot window. It was the dream. Okay, you play for us, um, work hard for us, and someone will pick you up. And um, they did. I mean, we had everything from firemen, and uh, it was all, all players from all different backgrounds. Uh, one yeah. played for the England fireman team, he played for. We had a boys at UCL University. Ah, uh, we were superb. Really, I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of them. There, really good players, and they've been released from clubs and so on. But we, we put this this team together, and the Dartford game we played them there, and I said, "Lads, look, you're expected to lose seven nil today." He said, um, "That's probably what's going to happen," but I said, "You've got nothing to lose." And then, uh, when it's nil nil, it's 90 minutes, and you're still hanging on, and the crowd's yeah. playing for blood, and then it goes into like the hundred and what was it, the hundred and second minute. So there was 12 minutes of injury time, and it was still nil-nil. And the lad on the bench sits and goes, "When's he going to blow the final whistle?" I said, "When they score, because <laughs> we're, not expected, we're not expecting anything." There was, two, there, was, there, was, there was there was two head injuries in the game. My captain was a big, um, big, strong, um, lad. Mm. Uh, who's now? He was at uh, Bellericki, no, Braintree is one of the coaches there, and he's he's done a few non-league clubs now. Gaz was an Albanian boy. There. Biggest strong tough player, and he's gone for challenges. Has ended up headbutting two players during the game. He's walking around looking like someone at the mummy with his head bandaged up. So <laughs> their players have been carried off the pitch with head injuries. Uh, you're talking about five six minutes, not twelve minutes. And then twelve minutes they get a penalty in the 12th minute and something like that. So um, they oh. win it. It's 140th, uh, 104th minute. It was in the end. Inter- it was like 14 minutes injury time. So you get, yeah, you, you got stuff like that, and you're like, but as as a former referee yourself, then obviously. There Was obviously no biasness whatsoever, was there? No, there and, wasn't uh, any
0: bias. Wash your was mouth no out if you ever dare of you, yeah. there, suggest that, Jed. Yeah, them. exactly.
1: So <laughs> but that, that was that was the non leafy. And again, we avoided relegation, yeah, Zenfield or something like that again in front of 400 people again with nothing. And we, we defied all the odds, got I'm out of trouble. So it was two years out of three in that situation that we got clubs out of it. But that was the next year, so I can't do this anymore. This is just too. It's too hard. There's like no money, no budget. And, yeah. And so after a while, you say, oh, I can't. It's, it's actually taxing on yourself that you're having to ring round and keep chasing players. And you're losing. Playing
0: players. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday
1: as yeah. well, non-league then, football. And you're losing your players all the time. And then that was just, so I said, I kind of pulled out of that one. I thought, OK, what do I need to do? And then and then the next part of my career just kind of fell into it, which is, which is the scouting side of football.
0: So was that your last coaching job before you started scouting? Then
1: that was the last one. I was still coached, still doing the college stuff during the day, but that was my the last sort of uh, managing of like non-league at that time. So I, I literally left there. beginning of the following season. I think the beginning of August, I just walked out so I and can't, I can't do this anymore. Um, this is too hard. Um, it's, 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 it was. It was very very stressful, and it, it is hard. When you see people doing managing non-league and doing these jobs, and people don't realize how stressful you're and it affects your life and so on and. Mm stress it i not even when i was at Haringey. Like, 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 again i was like, things like my elbows were bleeding and stuff like that you know like just through stress things wow. weird strange things like that would happen but you're under pressure and you're trying to do it and people don't realize so, like i mentioned the guys in the in the, in the, in the full time and there's there's a lot of pressure on your managers there there's people don't realize what what they're going through and the stress how it, how it can affect people's lives and stuff and, um it was a hard thing and i said i didn't want to do it anymore and then I, I literally attempted to do my only my first um, scouting uh, report, which was again Brentford yeah, so, versus Bury was my first. So, game. So-
0: yeah, so how how what 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 made you think, right, okay, I'm just gonna have a look at these teams here. You know, were you were you looking for a job as a scout or did someone sort of was, give you a little bit of information first? No, I, there was
1: there was something from? at that time, there was something it has been it's it's been well it's been well shared and stuff like that. There was something that was it came out around that time so you're talking about um, eleven years ago now. And there was um um a scout report, it ended up on the internet which was uh, a famous chelsea leaked document. And obviously, mm. I've still got it somewhere. And it, it, it appears on the internet occasionally there. And it was a, a, re- a scout report for under Mr. Mourinho, uh, Chelsea um, that was basically, basically was written by uh, AVB, who was yeah. the scout at the time, this, this report. And then it showed how, uh, and a team assessment on an opponent. And I had it as a, as a coach, so I was quite interested. I thought, you know what, I'd kind of like to have a, have a go at this. And um, so off my own bet, I went to Brentford on a, a Saturday, Brentford versus Bury and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to attempt my first um, scout report. So you sat there and looked at this document and had all the set pieces on it and strengths and weaknesses and, and patterns of play and stuff like. That. Put this report together, and I thought, okay, and it was quite. And I was quite lucky. The game at that time, Brentford at that time, I'm considered a, a superb name to lead two game at that time, Brentford was flying in the league. Um, but it was quite clever with their set pieces. They had lots of set pieces, routines, free kicks, and it just got. It got me really interested because I was watching these set pieces and I was jotting them down, I was kind of following who was doing what and so on, and I thought, well, I quite, quite enjoyed doing this. And I put the report together and it ended up, uh, Brentford were playing uh, Grimsby in a couple of weeks after, and I knew the people at Grinsby, um, and I just sent the report up to them and said, well, I know you're playing Brentford in a couple of weeks time, this might be of help to you, maybe not, I've got no idea. Um, see what you think of it. And they said, Yeah, they passed it on. The manager had it and so on. And he said, Yeah, thank you very much. And I didn't really hear any more of it, really, than that. And then, but at that time, my friend was working at Barnet doing Prozone, the original video analysis. System.
0: Yeah, I remember Prozone.
1: Yeah. yeah. Prozone was the first one, which is, um, I think that's still going, I think, in some form. But I mean, obviously, there's many different forms of it now and stuff. But they were the, they seemed to be at that time the first one to do it. He was doing it with, um, he was actually a, a good friend of mine. He was actually a maths teacher and he was a coach. His school was next door to Barnett's ground. And mm. they actually got their students, part of their maths lessons, were doing the statistics of the Barnett performances. Oh, really see, I would clever. love it they were,
0: if they did stuff like that at my
1: school. Really. I imagine that. But I used to get them in. I think every lunchtime, to be in there, and each player, had to, each kid had to sit there and watch a player for 10 minutes and actually tag who's passed to, and blah, 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 and, and, and so on. So he was, he was doing that, uh, which was a great, great thing. And he just said to said, oh, we're playing Brentford in a couple of weeks' time. Um, would you be? Um, can we see the report? I said, yeah, I said I'll well, send the report to you, but I'm sure your your lads, uh, your scouts at Barney will be far better than what I've done, and so on. And he just said, "We haven't got any scouts. There is no scouts at the club." Uh, wow. So it was. So Ian Hendon had just took over as manager. He just sort of retired. He was coach. Ian Hendon wasn't wasn't he? Uh, he was at Northampton Town, weren't he? He was. Yeah. I think he was pretty oh. captain. He was captain most most uh, clubs. Uh, the yeah. Cobblers. There you go. Yeah, he was. He was at Northampton. At many clubs he had played for. But um, so he just took over. He was, he was captain of Barnet. Gotten promoted into the Football League. Yeah. Um, so from the, the old Conference, and he won that. And uh, he was a couple. He was the league winning captain, and took over as a, as a young manager. And, um, and obviously he probably didn't have any scouts, so he probably networked himself was probably quite small as well. And my friend just said, look, can you look at the report? And he said, yeah, and he said it was fine. And I said, oh, hopefully it helps you out. And he said, no, no, He said, they've been on the training ground using your routes, the, the, the notes that you've seen on all the set pieces and they've been working on it. And they've got more to play for tomorrow night's game. And I was like, oh, no, so they're actually using my report. If this goes wrong, I'm I'm oh, you're screwed here. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 under a point again like that. So I thought, right, I have to go to this game. So I went to Brentford and bought myself. I me mean, I put my own ticket. Went and set me my way in. Thought, okay, I'm going to watch the game. And then um, and they said, oh, and they had lots of different routines and so on. And they had um, a Barney At the time, Gary Breen was the yeah, I
0: remember
1: Gary Breen. Ireland played the World Cup for Ireland. Yeah, and, uh, ex-cov. Yeah, Coventry, West Ham, Inter Milan. Um, so he was playing. Is it
0: Inter Milan, Gary
1: Breen? He was in Milan. I think he played that one. No, <laughs> yeah. I never knew
0: that.
1: Really. Yeah, no, he went to Co- Coventry, didn't Milan, and then at the West Ham. So uh, uh, he was playing, he was sort of coach, uh, assistant manager, coach, uh, player as well as so one of the men the staff. And then he said, "Oh, uh, yeah, we've looked at all their routines and stuff like that. And he said, right, Gary's got something lined up to catch him out tomorrow night. I'm like, Okay, all right, this sounds quite interesting. So I go I go to the the game and I'm sitting up in the stand, and there's a free kick on the the final third. I've got all lined up, and I've watched Brentford, we were doing all these different routines, and they're spinning off and they're getting in the line and they're going different directions, and stuff like that. Mm. As, the, as the free kick was about to take, um, Taken and then Gary Breen called out their code word, what it was, ran out and just caught a whole lot of them offside. Oh, and I was excellent. like. I was like, oh, wow, okay, all right. So I bet that made you feel absolutely just, legendary yeah, then. I was sort of buzzing. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, I've actually said something to a professional team blah, 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 and they've used this information. And they just did it. And, and, and Brentford, was they just couldn't get any of their routines right. They had something lined up to deal with all of them whatsoever. And again, that, that was Ian as a manager. Um, Ian, I know he's worked with him many times, but Ian was super. Anything defensively lots of pieces and stuff like that. He's really on the ball with it. Uh, excellent. Awesome. That's probably, that's probably it also it? We'll a little further on. that was just the Sam Allardyce influence. Sam was obviously his manager at Notts County. So there's a, a connection there yeah, that comes through as well, but really organised. And that was it. And, I was just, and um, They lost 1-0 tonight, but played really well versus the team that was obviously top and barnet at the bottom near the bottom. Yeah. And, uh, and sort of played well above himself. And uh, my friend said, no, Ian loved the, the reports really helpful and I met Ian the week after and he said look would you do this for us every week I said yeah fine and that was it so that was my my career started awesome. from about January February to the end of the season started doing all the reports to these uh these teams and uh, it was it was just it was a really good again I was still learning uh, it was great here because at the time yeah the, Ian was manager Lee Harrison was the assistant manager goalkeeper coach and mm. played a goalkeeper Lee played over 600 games. He's at South End goalkeeper coach now, at the moment. Gary Breen was assistant manager, stroke coach as well. Peter Shreves was there. Oh, was wow. There. Yeah, He was there as an assistant manager, as an old head experience. Even the physio was Mark Steen. Oh Chelsea. really?
0: Ex-Chelsea,
1: yeah. yeah. So he was the physio. So uh,
0: he's got a brother in the game who does coach yeah, Edwin. Is, I think he yeah, it it was at it was, um, Bar. It was at Banbury. In
1: in yeah, um, in he, was, he, was, he did a lot of yeah. I think he was also with uh, Barry Fry as well. I think yes. Way, yeah. As well. So yeah. But um. So yeah. So was the physio. So like you can. There a wealth of knowledge of these people. So I was Jesus. very fortunate. I go to, go to the training ground. I could go to games with them as well. Uh, if there was no, there wasn't a match that I was needing to go to. They said, "Look, you come, you come with us today. you got to come on the bus with us." And again, so we
0: was was this a full time? Were you, were the club no, paying it,
1: you for this? No, this is, again. I I started off literally. I was on, I think, about twenty five pence a mile. I so what on, were you,
0: what what were you doing to put food on the table?
1: I was still, you know? I was still, I was still running the college. During the day, the college. Started. Oh, so
0: that oh, that was oh, that was like a full that was a full time role there. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, the didn't realise. No, college. No, I, I, no yeah. college,
1: college was was part time anyway. So I was always in college during the day anyway, and then I was also doing um, my own little football academy. and I was doing sports yeah. and stuff, so I was I was always coaching. But um, this was the beginning of, of that sort of career, sort of changed mm. then. So from every year, you you, you moved up the sort of the pyramid and working in different clubs. This, sort of, the role sort of changed. Um, but it was just the work of them guys there to get to get experience. And I said, obviously, when I do my workshops now, and I talk to the young sort of scouts, or people getting into scouting now. A lot of people make the mistake or been advised badly. When you're working for a club, you need to be actually working for the manager and working for the staff, not yeah. someone not someone in the background that you never meet. They don't know you. You put your reports in, and there's no communication, and and it does happen even experienced scouts. There's a few of them, yeah. I won't mention the names. There's one guy who's been a club the last couple of years that uh, was a friend of a friend and got to meet him recently, and so on. The club actually got promoted this year. And He said, for the year and a half he's been there, he's never spoke to anyone in the club, he just sent his reports in, and that's it. And then he got an offer from a, a club, a club in the, the championship. So he's moved to the of the championship, and he said he told them uh, they've offered me a, a contract here and a retainer, and then so on, like that. And then, funny enough. He gets his first yeah. phone call from the club. Saying, oh, imagine that, we yeah. We don't want yeah. you to go. Typical. And he said, you haven't spoke to me for a year and a half. And they said, no, you yeah. yeah, worked well, brilliant. They said, there's no feedback or anything like that. So that's that's something with scouts. It's something that really is, is a bugbear of mine, but also scouts need to know you mm-hmm. need to be part of it. And obviously, I was really fortunate. Ian took me under his wing. And I said, I was at the training ground most days. And mm. if I put a report in, it would come back and say, no, can you add this into there? Can you change that? What about this? And, again, it was just uh, it was just great to get that feedback from them and actually someone that paying to you. So you were learning as you go, and they said, well, can you add this into it? You put that into it. So I was developing. I was always, sort of, uh, you know, from a coaching background, I was always educating myself. Anyone, so I was still trying to find information out there, how can I do it? But also the stuff that I learned as a, a coach, I put a lot of information from that side of things, from a coaching background, put that information to it as well. And, um, and we did great. And it just got, it, it, the, the funny thing was, it, it got really sort of silly at one point. I think it was about the first 15 games that I did for Barnier, we never lost. It was just mad. <laughs> this mad run was going. And it wasn't like I was consistent. I might have done four games and then there was a couple of games I didn't need to go to or wherever it was and actually went and watched the game. And they might have, they might have still won I may have lost, but it was about 15 games. And it became like, it was like, I became like this angel of death. Wherever, <laughs> I, wherever I went, the week after, we knew we, we was gonna get a, a draw. We we're gonna beat I mean, them, but it got to the point where, again, football positions, I had to wear the same suit. I couldn't yeah. not change the suit. <laughs> I had, like, at that time, I think I had one suit that I wore to my friend's wedding, where she was too big for me, and then uh, and I had to literally get the belt on tight, the belt I even tighter on it and stuff like that. And then the belt had a, a sharp buckle on it, and again, and if I if I went to the bathroom or anything like that and wasn't concentrating and just under, under the belt, would slice me thumb open. <laughs> but I literally couldn't change his belt. So I had this, this this scar on my hand that was constantly bleeding all the time where I forgot to do it. But I couldn't change the suit. So literally every single week, same suit, did and fit me, out of date, tie, everything like that. But I couldn't. It was just this, this thing. It so
0: was the winner. It was the winner. So
1: that's so it we went from the end of that season when we avoided relegation into the beginning of the next season. This, this suit had to be worn. And when, of course, when I told the others about this suit, that was it then. They said, no, you can't change it. And then we went on the team bus with, um, and we beat uh, Northampton, actually, Northampton on a Friday night. We beat <laughs> Northampton on a Friday night and we actually went top of the league to beginning of the next season. No and, way. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> and it was like, this was ridiculous. Barnett had never been top of the, the, the league in the football, in the football league itself. So, the it Friday night, I think mean, England was playing on the Saturday, so we played the game on a Friday night. Uh, we won 3-1 away and that was it then. And they had me in the changing room as well. So, Ian was, Really good, he said. Oh, you're you're you needed in the change room after the game. And I'm like, okay, what, what's this? The kid has come down at the stand, brought me into the change room, and he's kind of stood me up in front of the team and basically just said to um, all the players, said, Right, okay, when I tell you that the uh, I'll change the language slightly, but if the goalkeeper isn't good at back because I'm not pulling it out of the air, he said, This is Jed, he's been our scout. He said, He went to watch Northampton Tuesday night. In the, what was the old Johnson's pain and when I watched him on the following Saturday and he's, he's come out and said the goalkeeper can't do the back passes. So when I tell you to do it, you make yeah. sure you can do it. I mean, do and I had, had do it and then he actually went into because obviously they didn't perform very well in the first half and he's actually laid into them and said to them Chet works harder than you lot do so actually they were being brought in as praise, but also they were getting a rollicking because they weren't they were living up to my staff. <laughs> That awkward motive standing there, you so know. Really, you really know what you're talking awkward. about, yeah. <laughs> i was really I'm really awkward and sort of thing. And he said, No, and then, he, and then the players were then like, Brilliant. Said, you know what, thank you. You're helping us. So the players kind of appreciate it as well. Yeah. And then um, and then on the way back with the bus and, um, and it was good of like Mark Steen now and it was a lovely really is a lovely fella. And uh, Mark just said to me, he said, hey, can I just give you, tell you something there? said, yeah, yeah. And i always remember he said it. And he said, what Ian's done there today and actually passed on the praise to you, managers don't do that. So mm-hmm. really, really, really round that a manager, when he's doing something well, the manager will take all the glory and all the praise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He goes, from all the managers he played under at, at Chelsea and Luton and, and so on. He said, managers don't ever do that to their staff. He said, he has been very honest now. He's passed on the praise to someone else. And, and it was true. And, and Ian was probably one of the only managers really to ever really do that. And deserved, uh, yes, clearly. But unfortunately, a lot of managers don't do it. So I think it was the thing. I think Roy Hodgson said something a few years ago when he, he did a, a lecture I was at, and he talked about coaches. And it's for the scouts. And he says, um, was it, don't be upset when you don't receive any praise so even yeah. though you do deserve it he said you're probably not going to get it and he was right as well and that, that goes with scouts as well as so the scouts across the country and rich worked so hard for their teams've got teams promoted and found gems for them and stuff but they'll never get that that praise uh, but when scouts scouts would know each other and they would all say yeah well done he deserves that that work they won't have a a lot so yeah, so at Barnaby, But again, it was just—it was a learning experience being on the bus. Again, of course, we won that night on the bus. Imagine the next that. time we played yes. Bournemouth away about two weeks later, and they said, look, no, it's a midweek game, come with us again. I had to sit in exactly the same seat, weren't allowed to change the routine. The whole <laughs> th- it was the whole thing again. So it was kind of learning what, what clubs are like. As we got into town, I ended up moving seats and sat on down by the bus driver. I had to do the same thing again. It was all this kind of routine. Um, I think we drew the crew, I think as well. So, again, it just continued this sort thing. So, that, that was my the start there at Barnet. We survived the first year, um, uh, we survived the second year there as well. Ian left at the, the end of the season, went to Gillingham, and um, he invited me to go to Gillingham with him. So, um, I moved to Gillingham with him and that uh, was mm. the, the Time for the first time. So, Andy was my uh, my second like last from the past, that
0: one
1: as well. Andy's still going. I spoke to him a week ago, he's at he's Dover at the moment, and um. So he's he's still he's still working hard. But Andy yeah. was my second manager and uh, remember the first day I went to the training ground there. And again, I was doing opposition scouting again, so they were sending me all over the country to watch the opponent. still in League Two. And uh, the first day I went to the training ground and there was a big, big players were all huddled around together in a big bundle. I think, what's going on over there? And then sort of as it opened up, like a, a child's um, table, like a picnic table or something, it was at uh, the training ground and uh, Mr Mr. who was playing for Gillingham at the time was arm wrestling <laughs> in someone. So <laughs> Why was is was that
0: not surprising? So my
1: first my first, <laughs> my first sort of taste of Gillingham was watching uh, Bayo arm wrestling someone what arm wrestling in one of the other players and all the players are all trying to cheer on this other this other player to try and take him on and of course he, he lost And i was that was my friend. oh wow. So I just, and I had seen him playing when he was at Northampton. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, that night when we when we when we beat him, I went top of the league at that time. And um so Bayer uh, was the centre for West and i, I spent a season with um, killing Gillingham again sort of. again still just uh, defining my, my technique and understanding more about the opposition scouting and and, and um trying to sort of develop my technique and, and improve as a scout. Again and again there's another manager to bounce ideas of Hess again would we'll have different ideas. Can you add this into it? changed mm. that so it's, it's all about learning. it was a learning curve all the time trying to understand because there was there was no real guidance out there there was no courses it wasn't really in the networks it wasn't as developed then as well it wasn't yeah. much out of no books or anything like that so the only learning you could learn was was from working with managers and again getting feedback from them as well um, so no, I spent this year at Gillingham um, I think we missed out on promotion by about a point from the playoffs or something like that and then again i thought okay right, right, right let's just let's move on again then and then um, it was just a real strange one of the summer um, and then again got a phone call from sam dice to come and work at west ham and uh, to be part of the, the backroom staff there that, where he just took over when he left um
0: yeah very intrigued to find out a little bit more about about the the transition. Um, just uh, just for everyone, you're, you're watching. You might be listening to to, to up top with myself, Gav Mac, and and Scout Extraordinaire, Jed Searson. You can um his website is going along the bottom of the screen. It has been throughout the whole show as well. S four football recruitment workshops dot com. And uh, I'll put a, a link for it on our page on all social media, and you'll be able to book on to to Jed's courses as well. So, uh, just little note on that one Um yeah West Ham West oh, yeah, Ham
1: went, you know where,
0: where were Dan they at yeah. the time were they in the Championship or were oh, they West in they the Premier just, League they
1: have just, just been relegated from the Premier League Um, yeah. so, um Sam uh, McGaff come in uh, obviously during the summer and brought in um, Kevin Nolan. was brought in as the sort of league signing to kind of get his back promoted um, and then Ian has gone in I think it was development coach first of all one at that time. So it wasn't the twenty-threes or a 21s league at that point. So the, the old That's reserve right, yeah. league the old reserve league had gone. And it was in this transition of how they're going to change it so they had a development league. So it was kind of a, a youth the reserve team, but he was, he was basically first team coach. And um and Ian just said so look, look, um, he spoke to the, the gaffer and he said, Look, Jez worked with me, he's been he's been good scout for me. Said look, it'd be good to get on board, and I got invited down to the training ground and then had an interview with them. And it was like, okay, when can you start? So I was like, oh wow, okay. Right. Uh, this was this was just is, like that. Is, yeah, it was, and this was my this was my boyhood team that I supported as a child and everything as well. So this was uh and it was just pure comments It wasn't something I had planned to do. It was just where um, where Ian moves from now. And he said, look, would you come? And that was it. And then uh, it was then for me. It was my education as a scout in developing because I was now working for bigger club but also working with a large group of scouts. When I was at the barn it was only myself, at Gillingham, it was myself and one other ladder that and we, we never ever met each other. Mm. This was the point of me now working in a in a proper recruitment. Room. So there was a, a lot of scouts there, like experienced scouts who've been around for many years. As well, and then uh, it was understanding a little bit more about player recruitment. So I was still. I was going to say because was
0: was was this still opposition or were you starting to move towards uh, uh, looking, looking at looking at individual to, players? To and
1: yeah. so This is both ends. So I was still so on the weekend I'd still be doing opposition scouting. So yeah, uh, slightly different where Previously, when it was myself working with Gillingham and uh, Barney I'd, I'd be out going watching the team the opposition's last game, especially when like I said at that time it was really hardly any footage. You wouldn't get any... There was no Y scout at that time. Scouts haven't really didn't have any footage as well, so there was no video. This time, really, scouting a lot was still with eyes Yeah. to games. If a scout didn't go, that was it. You didn't get any footage.
0: Yeah, did know anything about the player.
1: Mm. You know nothing about the player. I didn't know anything about the team, so you still have to go out and uh, watch games. So the weekend, I'll be out doing uh, games of the Championship, trying to watch um, clubs there, so doing the opposition reporting there. And then midweek, they'll send me to... If there was not a game on, I'd go and watch a, maybe a League One or a League Two, maybe another Championship game, maybe a, a European game in London if Arsenal was playing, or was in Europe. they'd have sent me to do one of those games as well for player player recruitment. So I was starting to understand a bit more about the player recruitment system and how the information's used and how it's put together and, and different scouting tasks as well. Again, because obviously before that I was still only doing opposition scouting, um, which is, is which is especially it's, it's an art of doing it.
0: Yeah, well. of course, yeah because there must have been there must have been some times when you uh, well, West Ham are a big club well a a much bigger club than the clubs that you're at before so when it comes to player recruitment you'll be looking at certain you you'll be looking at certain leagues or certain, you might even look at the, the lower league premier league side so to speak and whether they could feed in how how easy was it to attract people using the name West Ham to come to the club, sort yeah. Of thing, I mean,
1: I mean out of that, thing, way. that that first I mean, it was weird because that first season at the end, because you're in the championship and you're, you're aiming to get up, I and mean, it was kind of it was a bit of um, we had to go up in one go, because if we didn't get promoted that year, the budget was going to be severely cut again. So it yeah. was really all or nothing. We had to get promoted. A lot, a lot. when you're trying to recruit players. Again, you don't know what league you're going to be in next year. This is all the same problem. All the clubs like Leeds and West Brom and so on are going to be facing the same situation. Yeah, yeah. If they're going to go up, they should go up. Like Brentford being be in the same situation now. Are they even looking for players now for Premier League or are they looking for players for Championship this year?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. That's the point where it's a little bit your the what you're trying to recruit the boundaries are slightly wider because you're not you, you can't really narrow it down yet. When you're when you're in the Premier League and you know you're going to be in the Premier League next year and you need you know that you need a centre midfielder or someone like that, it's quite easy. When you're in the Championship and you don't know what league you're going to be in next year, so it was a, it was a bit more um, difficult. So what you're watching, you're looking for players that potentially yeah you'll do a job in the, in the Championship next year or this one's going to be a player of the Premier League. But also you've got players there. And I, I think either was a friend of mine I went to watch one of the England games. And I said, I used to get to a lot of old England matches as well. They sent me there. Yeah. And there was a scout I knew there. And he was like, sort of laughing. He said, Why are you here for? Why are you watching? Who are you going to sign in? I said, Oh, we're probably not going to sign in these players. But within a year or two, we probably would be. And, and eventually he had Andy Carroll signed so he was trying to be a bit like why are you here you're only championship is here, but you don't know what's going but to then, happen in the future
0: then you also look at the opposition because I, I, I look at for instance I was watching
1: the well, England-Kosovo that, game it, but that, but that day I was there was England-Brazil so we weren't going to sign in
0: oh okay fair enough Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't see you doing any, any but, of that but you're saying yeah, but, England-Kosovo but, so, Yeah, yeah. I, I watched England-Kosovo and uh, they, they've got to play Berisha who, who plays out in uh, in Italy? Good player, and he was clearly a standout. But then there was other players that were that were featured that aren't at big clubs. So, surely going to these sort of games, minus yeah, the yeah. Brazil game, you'll yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. have a look at the opposition and think, yeah, you are competing with these with, with England at the moment, and England are. I used to get sent to Cardiff, um, so we
1: mm. I was play a lot. In Wales we were playing against a lot of these. Where it was think it was uh Slovenia and uh, uh Montenegro. And so there's there's quite a few like Eastern Europe. And again, you find players there, and you think, you know what, he's not bad. And then yeah. again, and, the, and these players eventually turn up on the radar, and someone signed them. Man City signed them. of so like, those the, the players out. there. So you you, you yeah. you're, watching, you're watching everything from all kind of levels. And as I said at West Ham, we had. There were scouts that um, would do France every weekend. That was their job. They went to France every weekend, Mm -hmm. following up, chasing players there. Awful job. Yeah, horrible job. Yeah, yeah, fine on that. And then the the guys there that covered Spain and Portugal, the one guy would would cover um, Italy. One would cover Scandinavia. That's a big, it's a big region. Well, as country. I
0: said, you're covering you're covering League One and League Two. I'm sorry to keep you in the country, but you know, from my Palermo side, you're you're doing that. So we're, we're looking yeah. around everywhere. You, know? yeah, you, know, you, see, you see, that's what
1: happens when you're playing Football Manager. Mm. You see, people don't realise this stuff. <laughs> um, and then I got, and then eventually after after three years of being there, and I was sent out to do some games abroad. It was a, a scout wasn't available to do it. I'd done a game on a Saturday. Would you mind going to do this one on a Sunday? And then I got sent out to France watching games and stuff here as well and and you just you do the same thing you just it's just building up knowledge but again it was just working at West Ham there. the requirements were bigger um, understanding a bit more like a grading system uh, which I teach in my workshop and so on like how to grade players yeah. but also how to grade um, signing potential players as well right, yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about that because I'll
0: I, 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 I answer as, as much as you can I don't want to get you in trouble or anything like that but when you were at West Ham were there some players that you were like this player is is the nuts, and you need to sign him. And they haven't gone on and signed him, and they've gone on to bigger and better things.
1: You you talk to all scouts. You, people keep asking you. This is one question you get asked: who, who have you who have you spotted? This West Ham missed out on? Yeah, and and so like that and, and and the thing is, it, it doesn't way works now. Be that you don't go to a game to watch one player. and This is the thing: when you go to a game and you'd you'd come, you'd be watching all twenty two. Back and do a, a scout report on all 22 players uh, and the subs as well, and um, which is a, it's a bit of a, a nightmare task, but you'd have to do it. And this it was a chief scout myself. We asked all my scouts to go and do the same thing again. So when they asked me, first of all, I think I had to go to Crystal Palace and uh, Burnley, I think it was okay, you're going to do a report on Saturday, but you got to come back with a report on all 22 players and subs. And I was like, ouch. How how did he said no you you'll be fine you'll be all right with it and I did and we went to the game and and you, you just got to it and you, you do it and it's, it's not perfect so you get the thing you you end up with more information on some players and less on other ones but what you would do you'd be grading the players performances signing potential and you'd it used to be like a, an A was obviously a must sign a B was signed straight from the team C I'm not sure maybe a spotlight someone like that and you started putting the gradings in. And that's how you clubs start um, identifying players. We're just consistently um, getting good grades and marks. and gr- stuff. from my grades alone, could be my grades, and then it could be yours, Gabby, and it could be someone mm. else as well. And they start c- collating all the information together. So when you start saying, oh, yeah, I recommend this player, and I did not sign him, and um, there is times you actually say this, one, go and sign this player, but you're recommending players actually every single week. You're watching yeah. players all the time, so it would be like... Um, as example, at that time, um, Leicester had—they was in the championship at that time, wasn't really able to get promoted at that time. But Michael was playing, Casper Michael was playing. Herald. Yeah. And you're watching, you're thinking, he's really good. And I watched him when he was at Notts County. Uh, yeah. When, at that time, was—I was at Bayern Yeah, I remember I that. There. Yeah. Sol Campbell played his one game there, and uh, <laughs> um, um, Lee Hughes was the striker. I mean, they're the a superb team. It was, really, it was ridiculous how good they mm. were at that level. And, um, but you see him then, you thought, he's a good goalkeeper. So, again, he would probably be, when well, I was watching him, I looked through the reports there a while ago, and he was getting A's and B's every week. You just thought, this guy is a really top-class goalkeeper. Mm. And he has proven that, and he won the league as well. So, what more yeah, can you yeah, go? Yeah, exactly. But you see players like that. I mean, sort of talking more about um, really about players you get spotted and stuff like that. I mean, that's more now, not so much of what I've done since I've finished uh, working in, club, in my own recruitment company. We've covered France. Um, every week, French League Two. Uh, yeah. league, um, the amount of players that we've highlighted that spoke to agents, spoke to clubs, and said, Look, you need to look this was one at Arsenal, mm-hmm. uh, straight away. And Dickham was a player, was, a, was there, I think 17, just turned 18 now. I think he was going for about a million pounds. Um, as a young centre back, you him, he wasn't perfect. He was okay left footed as well. Went to Frankfurt for four million pounds, and by the end of the season, he was valued at thirty million. And they are like it's thinking, mud, oh, wow. isn't it? so it's from a from a million pound player that you're thinking someone's going to go at him now. Ben Rama was there was another one. Ben Rama, good player. He was he was he was he was at Nice on loan at Chateau. And just every week, consistently getting really good reports. And I don't even think you know what this guy would do over here. Bank goes to Brentford. Okay, they've got something now. Now they're talking about him going to Chelsea. Wow. Talking about Villa, Villa last year, and talking about Leicester and Chelsea. And you're like, yeah, we see him about three years ago. It wasn't This wasn't hard to spot these lads. You can go out there and watch him. Uh, beander centre half at Longs played six yeah. games. Went to uh, went to Roma for ten million pounds. Gome mm-hmm. was a, a young sixteen year old. So he last year played it in Milan some of about five million made his first team debut um the other way before a lot before lockdown there's, there's players there so there's loads of them but yeah regarding west Ham, when you're watching when you you're, you're giving reports on every single player mm. you're not you're not never, never picking out one or two players every week you're picking out loads and loads of players to be um so, so, so but i spent uh three years there so the first year they were doing the opposition scouting got to the player final uh we beat blackpool uh, to get promoted, so yep. to the Premier League, so that was for me was a great achievement. so that actually worked for my club that I supported and actually helped them win at Wembley and get to the final. We got promoted. Um, Premier League was was brilliant for me. It was just a great to, to work at the top flight again. Um, obviously, the hospitality, the scouts. Oh, I love it! I just love it. the media
0: pass and be able to wander around and that sort yeah. of stuff. I love uh, you, that you, about the game. I love it.
1: Yeah, you can go someplace and you go to places like. that Kind of Newcastle, and then um, for a twelve thirty kickoff, and then um, and having breakfast there. And like the first time I ever, had breakfast. I actually had a breast of chicken as part of breakfast, uh, like <laughs> full English. I'm like, what chicken for breakfast? Yeah, with yeah, a yeah, chicken. I mean, so like literally getting up there at eleven o'clock and having like, a full full English. A mountain of food. And you think, God, this wasn't it wasn't like this when I was watching. Uh, no, and uh, like nah, stuff. Nah, I think nah. the
0: hospitality that I really like is down at Watford. Um, I can't remember the lady on 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 the door on the media section you go down there I think her name's Sue brilliant lady I I went down there 3 times in the space of about 6 weeks and the second time I went down she was like oh you're right there Gav I was like oh my god she remembers me it just made me feel oh. so like mad up at marketing and that and then was,
1: yeah, oh, you, you so, get looked going, after there love out. it go to man city and sit in, uh, in oh the... it's lovely at city oh. The bar that used to be at the old stadium that got moved over. It's just like it's like a, a memorabilia of Man City in the room now. And yeah, I know yeah. it was the thing that Alex Ferguson complained because the referees go into that room as well. And I know mm-hmm. Alex Ferguson was complaining at the Man United at that time saying that the referees shouldn't be in that room because it was making a bias covered in all this memorabilia. uh <laughs> I sat in that room <laughs> and I remember looking in the room and it, it literally had so much memorabilia it was literally on the ceiling. That's sort of <laughs> you know, it was obviously it was the bar in the old main road and when that was part of the deal when it was knocked down this guy actually owned the bar so he was given this bar which was basically the player's tunnel um, to make this thing so you go there and then um, yeah I mean, to, I mean all the places you talk about the lovely stadium the best hospitality you'd ever go to the best food it's still more come all the places where you get no, there. I,
0: I disagree. The award winning
1: yeah. pies, the award winning pies that were the I, best pies I, in the land. You go there, they're good see. pies, they're good pies. But uh,
0: Margate is, is my favorite. <laughs> Margate, you've got you've got like a choice of six different things that Sheffy's been cooking all day. Ah, oh, I love it down well, there. Well, there try, to get, it, try and feed I, you off I with doggy that, bags I, and I everything. The
1: only top that one was Kidderminster. Going to kid him into uh, <laughs> home cooked food, and you actually have a bowl tea if you wanted, a shepherd's oh. pie, all in trays, all pre cooked. And you've got to say, Robin, want a burger and chips. No, I want shepherd's pie today, or, or a curry. Oh, in these trays, and they literally pull off the trays to you. I thought, well, so it was, it was that was probably the best part. The football wasn't great there. But that was, no, it's yeah. not. Um, but that, that was at that time. But again, so I spent that time there at West Ham. going to the Premier League and again competing. The first year we were there, we ended up 10th in the Premier League, mm-hmm. uh, which was great for us. And then um, the second year, it was 10th at the time. And um, flying again, we was doing really well. I left before the end of the season. There was a few things I wasn't happy with. Um, so I, I walked out in the club about march when we was 10th in the league again so i, I of say the two years i spent in the premier league we were 10th both times i didn't end up 10th mm. after i left it didn't end up 10th at all but it was it was a, a great experience to work there but it was me it was more a, a, a learning curve of the working with the scouts working under um obviously sam was obviously a really good manager to the under as well and just to learn a little bit more about funny thing i said i still did my college at that time the first year i worked at west ham and, um, and working and watching him at the training ground and something like that. And my, my college side that we had at Richmond so it was a good side, but we could never really get up. It was always just a bit short of what was really needed. Yeah. And that one year then, when I was working at West Ham and learning from them, um, we just had this amazing year that we went 39 games, thirty nine games beat Thirty maybe thirty nine games for a college team. which was basically the same amount of games that I, and won the quadruple. We won the league, won the county, uh, won the local schools cup, and won the national cup. And oh, we, brilliant! we had the most organised team at set-pieces you can ever imagine. <laughs> <It was> basically, <laughs> everything I was getting from West Ham. And we from West Ham, it down to the Doing case. all the opposition reports. So we had everything. Again, talking about like that, we had there was all code language, sign language, you name it, everything we had. We was the most organised team with defensive set-pieces and of pieces than awesome. anyone ever before. But we had a, a good group of players. But again, it was taking the information from professional football, set-pieces organised, even stuff that I've seen watching uh, set-pieces when I was doing opposition and then taking it back to the college team become this like all-star winning champion team that like broke the history like won the most trophies in their history and stuff like that it was taking that from now and then that uh, was great it was learn from that but like well, obviously working on understand organise the set pieces again you didn't concede from set pieces so how did Wasn't you fun. move
0: on how did you move on to um, to running this S4 recruitment? Oh,
1: you know, well, did uh, the next, yeah, I mean, obviously, I left there, I went to Grimsby. Grinsby, Grinsby yeah. was the, the next step. So that was kind of the, that was part of me moving down there. And then, um, literally, again, I got a phone call from the club, said, look, would you come and help us out? And I said, fine, yeah. I said, um, what do you want to do? Opposition scouting you know, or player recruitment? And they said, everything. So this was <laughs> the national I've gone from Premier League down to the national level. It was the first year it was called the National League from the end of the conference. Yeah. And, um, so I went there and Paul, Paul Hurst was the manager there, I was a young manager at that time, and I think they just missed out on the playoffs the last couple of years, it, it hasn't gone right. They've lost quite heavily in the semifinal the year before, uh, missed out the year before, but it literally kind of always just, come, just scraped into the playoffs, didn't get the best draw, and then we'd get beaten and then they missed out, and they just basically said, well, look, would you come and um, help us out? I said, yeah, yeah, and then um, and there, was, so there was no Y scan, there was no video footage at all, there was nothing. Mm. And, Literally, and I literally just went up, did the whole country, went out, got familiar with all the clubs pre-season, went and watched as so many games as possible. And kind of the idea was to kind of do it just for a few, a few games, a few months, and then go back to the Premier League. And then I got a few phone calls to go back and say, "I don't want to go." I said, I'm, "I'm loving this. This is this is oh, really? of, this is almost wow. like a year a year out kind of thing." It was a bit of a, a different kind of scenario. Yeah, because um, it was only myself again, but I was building a database, the information that I'd use from the Premier League. I started to put there and um, we went on a mad run of games again I think we had the best away record of any team in the land. We'd lost only wow. two away two away games all season which Excellent. was which was an amazing thing. Got to the player finals and uh, and lost on penalties to Bristol Rovers which was, oh. was absolutely uh, a killer but Paul was was a really good manager to work with again it asked you what your information the feedback from the reports it asked you extra questions and would use the information which is what you want Manager to, to use the information that you've been in you him, and also he needs more information. So I did it out absolutely. That was probably the best year of football ever. I was a great. i was proud to work for the club there, Getting to Wembley, got into losing parties, um, and it, it was a shame sort of thing. And then um, Leighton Orient came in. Ian had left West Ham when Sam had left West Ham, and Ian and mm-hmm. Orient as manager, and he said to me, "Look, would you uh, would you come as a chief scout at Leighton Orient?" I said, "Yeah, fine." one of my local clubs but it was my dad's team my dad supported Spurs and uh, Leighton Orient was his two teams so I worked for yeah a team that my dad used to support uh, when he was alive that was his team so they go there and uh, all my family then got on board with it I think the first week when they played at home um, I had to get 14 tickets to get all my family in there, so we had the whole row behind the dugout it was all my Aussies. All oh, brilliant! Um, so I think there was even a couple of players that wasn't in the squad that day actually got kicked out of the seats because my family because <laughs> like, the family down
0: there. It. My whole
1: family came in there, so the season takeover. I'm ringing the air can have another four, uh, can have another four tickets, and then around the 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 analysts can you have a free ticket blah 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 and yeah. they, they they actually loved it. And um, it was the saddest thing is that I never got a chuckle. I was on the road watching. The next opponents. These uh, lot were having a great time. They were loving yeah. it. Uh, I think Ian said the same thing. He was loving it at the beginning of the season. All his family was behind the dugout and everything. And he said to oh, us, I wish I wasn't managing. And he said, I oh, actually would be it. love to be in with the rest of the family. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but, and Oric Orian was brilliant. It, it was great to start with. We were top in the league. Um, we won five out of five. Ian was manager of the month. We won team of the month, goal of the month, player of the month. We were absolutely hammering it. And then unfortunately, the chairman then tried to interfere. I uh, say so try to. Ian was very strong and Ian won't take the influence from him, but he was in there trying to say uh, this player can't play blah blah blah, so it became a bit of a battle I think Ian, since I think the end of September he said that we need to get out of here, unfortunately mm. uh, and he was right Ian uh, left at Christmas time then and, um, and then it, it changed the club, it was a shame, like I said we had these like, 10 scouts working for me, which was ridiculous uh, we did have a budget for players to come in and so on um and of, uh, and scouts to work and we had a great network already built players that we spotted over the year the sad thing is a lot of them players that we spotted are actually playing in the premier league now wow uh, a lot of the, like the Shepherd united team a lot of those guys league too. so these are players that we would seen and said you know what we could get these by the end of the year we couldn't wait to get away fast enough it was, it was deteriorating the club and then um we had kevin nolan came as my manager for a while kevin was was really good as well mm-hmm a good person to work for and again, really enthusiastic and again, much information on the opponents and players as well and he used to come and sit down on a Sunday to get all the reports out and lay them across his uh, living room floor He'd go for all the reports and stuff like that and again, you think, great, you know what, this is it someone that really... Was That's true dedication, player? isn't it? Yeah, yeah and, and, he's, and he's done well and I'm glad, I'm happy he's doing well at West Ham now as well uh, i was hoping for a while but I will get in touch with him um, but again, he, he was someone there and, then, and, and he left he uh, was playing manager and he left. And then uh, Andy has to tell us of was my manager again. And just this sort of kind of steady the ship before the end of the year. But it was just, there was lots of mad things going on in the club. It wasn't a wasn't nice place to There's no way to get away. And mm. by the end of the year, I was kind of actually back moonlighting and actually helping Grimsby with their reports in the playoffs to get promoted. And was there at Wembley with them um, when, they got, when they actually won the club, beat Forest Green. And again, yeah. There, yeah, I wasn't an official member of staff, but I, I was there with them and they got promoted, and that was it. Got back up on course. Would you come back as Chief Scout? The Orient at uh, Grinsby again said, Yeah, brilliant. And, uh, it was great just to go there, but it was just working at another club. It's it chalk and cheese. It the first day I went in a training, so when the first time I went, you know, I never went near the training ground or anything like that. I was mm-hmm. just on the road I went, when I went back as Chief Scout, and then it was welcome to the real world. Even at Orient, was, there was madness going on at Orient at that time. I mean, the year I worked, it was the only time they never got relegated under the Italian army. Oh, really, the year that we was kind of half sort of stable and unfortunately the year after they, they folded after, yeah they yeah. almost did
0: yeah guy um, work with massive an Orient fan massive yeah, Latin Orient fan and I just yeah, I, I see I see his pain <laughs> you know uh, and what yeah
1: on. It's it, it was it was horrible so but I said even before so we went there, that there was a budget there of stuff to going on and we had there was like an army of again you had, uh, Ian was manager Lee Arison, goalkeeper coach again, who's obviously worked at West Ham because at that time as well. Um, Andy Hessen Tyler was there as assistant manager. Kevin uh, Nugent was there as yeah. coach as well. And Kevin was another really good coach and an orient legend. He's a really lovely fella to work with as well. Uh, although you wouldn't want to cross him. The, no. If, he was, if he, was, <laughs> he was angry, then you want to cross him. But yeah, he's no, but really nice fella. Um, there was a start with loads of um, fitness trainers in there, really good medical staff, everything like that. I went, to, went back to Grinsby again, and then um, I was in there, and the players had eaten in the canteen. Went into the gaffer's office, come back again, and all the washing lines was across the. Sorry, the, other all the washing yeah, were. Across, I mean. yeah. The washing line was going across the canteen. Um, they didn't have a tumble dryer at the club. What? They had no. They had no tumble dryer. They used to have to hang the washing across the. the, the <laughs> like wow this is like so you've
0: you go, gone from a fair to, to, to like wow
1: sort of thing so again he just realized that every club's different and that's the staff there was yeah. literally um, paul was the manager chris Dodge was the assistant manager um the physio and the goalkeeper coach uh, andy Warren a link another great guy really good goalkeeper coach as well and um that was the staff. There wasn't there was no one else there. So me coming in, I was like the fifth member of staff there. There, there was there was no one. Again, you talking about I mean, things have probably changed there again now. I know things have moved on. There was no analyst. So I was doing the reports. I was again I had a few lads that I, I'd come in and did some sort of voluntary stuff with me. So I was doing the opposition report, but there was no analyst there. So I ended up having to do the reports myself and then actually do the video editing myself to send the videos through for the team meetings. Christ as well. Because I, I wanted to like, orient me, obviously we had an army of analysts. Well, I'm a superb analyst there. He's at scout now and Huddle. Uh, he was there at West Ham. There was a lot army of analysts there and stuff. So uh, I'd seen all the an- analysis stuff and pre match team meetings. I'm putting all this information together in his reports to make the most of it. I want to make sure that there's a video footage to kind of go as a principle. I'm put up, all yeah. this work in. Yeah. I want to back it up. We want to win their games, and uh, so I started doing the opposition. Uh, uh, video stuff as well which for me was like was pretty tools a lot easier but it was really difficult at that time and getting the footage and download it and edit it and Put it, because put the videos up as well so I, I was only i was doing that as well so a few times i went up on a on a, Saturday, on a Thursday, i was doing that doing the, the six minutes profile on the position and the four minutes on their set pieces and doing this as well. So I've been an analyst as well without even realising. I've been doing that as well. And, and again, we got off to a flyer, did really well. Um, unfortunately, we've probably done too well because Shrewsbury came for Paul uh, and took him away to be Shrewsbury manager. And I was still under contract and so on. So it so was often the goalkeeper coach, uh, Andy, was still there, but Paul and Chris moved on. And then I had a few more managers. So Mars. big not was manager for a short period of time. Um, the physio was actually our manager for a while. Dave is oh, a, leg- yeah. le- a legend of uh, uh, Grimsby as a been there for years, uh, as a player and as a coach, and he took over as uh, I think we played yoga in the FA Cup. Is it, we won in the league, and uh, the fans were singing the song. Grimsby fans were brilliant, and they were singing on the song. Said, um, we ain't got Mourinho, we've got our physio. Something like they were seeing. It, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was something like it was something like that, and, um, and it, that, that was brilliant. Even like going to games with with, um, with Grimsby, and uh, been lucky it's to go to games and actually sit with the fans and stuff like that. fantastic club, brilliant club to work for, really good supporters. And then, um, but again, I, um, both the day changed, and then Russell Slade coming at the end of the season. So I had three managers at Orient in, in one year, that I ended up have a four managers at Grimsby the following season. For me, that was. I had seven managers in two years, so that was kind of the point where I am thinking, no, I'm not
0: really. I've into had it. enough of this. I'm
1: going to do my yeah. own thing. Do me
0: so own thing. I you're, started you're, my own thing. It's so so recruitment. Wanted, started. We went to. Um, I, I went on your one of your courses at the at the Emirates. So
1: you did the level the one, Emirates. level level one recruitment. You
0: did, yeah. I did indeed. Um, how is, is it? Just, is it? Do you just do do it in London, or do you tour the no, country no, with no. it?
1: So, no, I know I've been doing um, so. It started off at the Emirates, so basically so I left grinsby started my own recruitment company. Again, I'm not an agent, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a scout, but I was. Um, we ended up covering, um, George Lapas was working with me. We, we started a company called Player Radar, first of all, which was covering the French market to try and help clubs and, and agents and so on. And that, that developed into S4, which is my company now and um and literally from doing doing the opposition reports and so on it just came across the point of some people were asking so would you would you help us and would you maybe do some courses for us or something like that and i thought okay i'll, I'll put something together and just try to put what i had done as a as a as a scout myself i've done uh, i just learned from what 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 i try to use the experience that i've got to pass it on and then um and literally set the courses up and um did them at the emirates first of all which ended up being like my home ground should we say Emirates doing workshops there every month and um, from doing opposition scouting was the first workshops I did um, and then I started to go to people I asked people what would you like to you do player recruitment and that was it and then it, it just snowballed and, and it, before lockdown I was actually doing three workshops a month at the Emirates Stadium doing tactical yeah. scouting player recruitment level one player recruitment level two I'm doing them all over the country so I've done them um, uh, Newcastle uh, Edinburgh uh, Bristol uh less than literally covering uh, everywhere
0: uh, to make sure anyone in the country could get involved in it as uh, as you can see on the bottom of the screen uh i'm going to leave that fixed until the end of the show s4 football workshops.com and as i said I'll, I'll be able to put the links for that, yeah, across, that. across every uh, across all all social media to Get on one of Jed's courses, but you're um w- with lockdown and everything. You've got them online now, I believe.
1: Yeah, we moved it online as well. So that was so we've got the uh, level one, level two recruitment. I did a level two last night, and I've got a uh, reverse. We've had so many people do level ones, and we're doing level two. The Emirates, it was thirty people a night, was turning up. Yeah, it was almost yeah. like the night like, you was there. I think it was like yeah, like, i could i could like,
0: barely get a seat, and I'll tell you. Yeah, it, 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 like, it was like
1: it ended up being like the hottest ticket in town. It was it was quite funny because it was just getting to the point it was selling out every month, and it was it was scouts, coaches, people that want to get the scout in, but also people involved in the media like yourself, but also um, agents. A lot of agents got onto it, so it started to change. Then agents started to pick up on it as well. Um, so I've been running them online um, ever since. If I do it in smaller groups like eight of eight in a group because I like to interact, and it's, it's it's fully. Uh, interactive where as you know you're on I don't know when you when you come and did the workshop and I don't know if a lot of people said they don't know what they're coming into and then well, within, within 15 minutes we yeah. said right okay you're doing your first scout report people are like what okay. yeah I was like
0: yeah. what yeah I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't quite get it you know but yeah. I, I sort of I knew what I was I, I knew what I was hoping to to at, at, well I thought I knew what I was trying to learn And I thought it was just going to be a lot of you you talking to us, letting us know what it is, and that's brilliant, and then coming on to the next course. But, yeah, next thing you know, I'm sat there, and I am watching a load of videos, and I have got to meet individually, as well as 30, 40 other people in the room, have all got to pretty much tell you what I saw and what we all saw. And it's mad because even though we're all looking at the same screen, I'm sat on one side of the room. You're sat on the other side of the room. We're looking at different things. We've all got different grades. And it's like, well, but on the whole, it, they were all sort of homing around one particular grade. So I'm not just saying it because you're on the screen right now, but what you showed me was was brilliant. And I feel that if anyone wants to get a further insight to football, because I've always said, if you want to get more of an insight, why don't you go referee for for, for a year or, or for a few games? Because you look at the game a lot differently to the way that you play it. You don't just turn the telly on and be like, right, OK, this is football. Yeah, they're kicking it from here, there and everywhere. When you referee it, you'll understand why decisions are given. You'll be able to see it from different angles. But then when you do the scouting reports, you're seeing it a whole different area all over again
1: as, as, as I say to everyone everyone who comes and does the workshops and I say to them so first and foremost I'm going to apologise to you because after tonight you are never going to watch football in the same way ever again mm. so the days of you being a football fan and sitting back and enjoying it are kind of gone you're going to watch the game now from a different um, a different insight you're going to watch it and looking you know, and assessing players and the people laugh at the end of it and they go, Wow, yeah, I'm just totally looks differently." And again, there's, we've got some people on there that have got a coaching background love for a lot of myself. And they, there, is a, there's a, a, there is a transition from coaching and uh and um scouting, I think it does kind of go in hand in hand. Or someone's been a mixed pro or something, but there's, there's people on there they have got no sort of real football background, are football fans, and, and they've come onto it and they're just looking differently. And um, we had one guy, who was one of the worships before you came onto it, and that night and I think Ireland were playing. Switzerland, or something at the same time, and a, and a Euro qualifier, or it was. So when we had our little ten-minute break, and got, a few of the lads were watching on the phone, and this bloke just shouted out, I "Said I can't watch it," I said I can't watch this. I'm now in the zone. Yeah, yeah, everyone, zone. And everyone burst out laughing. He said, "I don't want to watch. I can't watch it. I'm not watching that now. I'm now I'm in the zone." And I said, "I can't." And he said, "Already, he said, he's changed. I just thought it was great. But he said, it. "He said, no, I'm in the zone now. So I'm already looking at. I'm trying to assess players, and again, it was just breaking it down." And um, really trying to get the roots of it, and observ- basic observation techniques and so on, and then how to grade and assess a player with a structure. But also, mm-hmm. that when you come on the workshop, I said straight away, I so OK, we go from stages to stages. All right, we're going to watch a player now in a moment. All the players are from the French League. Uh, guys that I know, and I always say to everyone, you're watching players here that hopefully that you don't know. So you don't have yeah. his left foot. You don't have his right foot. It's not watching... Uh, uh, Pogba, you know what he does. Uh, this is yeah. something that like you're going in blind. And then, uh, and I, that's rad-
0: what I love about it as well, because you are completely oblivious to these players. You've got to make a judgment on these players. You know, your passing range. Is it short? Is it long? You know, how how often do you command that area of the pitch? Do you use your left foot? Do you use your right foot? Do you dip every time you take the ball? Do you, do you run? Do you stay? How many crosses do you put in? There's so many different areas, so much criteria that you're looking at in a player, and you think it's not just a case of oh yeah, he whipped a decent ball, and oh I, lo- I like it, yeah he's got a decent spray on him, yeah, you know there's just so much more.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much more to it, and again it's just uh, I the players I pick on those clips are always there for a reason as well because there's, there's mm. something. I think there's one of them I've got spoiling it, a bit wonder I think one the one new deal I think was the centre back who has what you say, a game of two halves where one oh half gosh, is... Oh, gosh, yeah, I do one remember half, that. One. One, yeah. one half is having a blind eye and the second half... One half is, what is, what is the, literally the, Franz the,
0: Beckenbauer. The next half is tight Bramble. It's a disaster.
1: It's a disaster. Four tight as Bramble. But yeah, so it's just stuff like everything like that. There's always something on... There's, there's a reason why I pick the clips because certain things occur and stuff like that. And be the level one recruitment is basically getting you to, to get the idea of how to assess a player you know, when he's in possession out of possession. Uh, when the positioner are in possession, that transitions, uh, when the team loses it, when they're in the hands, we watch the situation, but obviously we build it up over, over, as stages it goes through, and then by the end of level one, you've got an idea of it, how to grade it, and then with our level two workshops, we just at the next level again, you're only grading, your grading position, uh, performance, also yeah. you're grading the player's signing potential, which yeah. is sort of, I and mean, people say, well how can you do that, and so on, and we've, we've, we've put a little twist on that, which makes it really good fun, because basically, uh. I'll give it away because I did it with the guys last night and set homework. And they, you can see them buzzing. So said, We're doing this tomorrow. I said, Yeah, you're doing this tomorrow. I said, You're going to be watching these players and you've got to assess their assignment potential. And so this could be the club that you're working for, the club that you support, whatever like that. And, then, and they've come back for, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm working for a club now. So, yeah, and you've got to watch these players and you've got to assess them. How will they fit into your squad and so on. And I, and I go through the whole press, explain how it works and so on. And the guys are buzzing there last night. So, okay, homework do some preparation for this blah blah, blah. And, they're all doing it. and they did it last week it was funny they all come back in their list of people like like children people just got excited and want to do it and so i've got that going on at the moment level two is great they're enjoying it and the scouts are, are slowly progressing and i'm saying again just keep advising them go out get some experience go out and practice and learn a little bit more of it if you do work for a club doesn't it, it could be your local park team Go and speak to the manager and be part of that system. Don't be someone on the outside because if you're working with a manager and the manager does well and you're in that inner circle and you're giving everything and you're, you're in that circle of trust, the manager moves on, the manager will take you because you're yeah. part of the team. And that's what a lot of scouts sometimes don't – they never get to meet who they're working for. There's no relationship. You're never going to progress. You have to have that in there. And, um, and we've done that. And the other side of it, agents. Agents have yeah. pulled, a lot of agents have got interested in it as well. Um, so uh, the agents got more interested and they wanted So I talk a lot about recruitment, how cubs recruit, or the recruitment process, kind of giving that sort of poacher kind of turn gamekeeper kind of thing where you're giving them the information for agents there, how to use this stuff. And then that's progressed then as well, where I've been invited to lecture and talk on the ASA agent courses. So I've done quite mm. a few in there online and live before at Wembley talking to all the students at uh, the USP or UFB. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lectured in front of those guys as well, talking regarding um, recruitment, being a side of the agent and so on. And and that's just spiralled as well. So I'm doing loads of stuff for agent courses. That's at the moment, brilliant. Buyers in them. And then uh, the last thing we've done, so not only doing that, we also created a, a tool for agents. So we've actually recruited a, created a recruitment tool called Squad Plus uh, that's been that for the last three months. Where you know, basically, from my background as a, as a chief scout and working in the league and stuff, we worked out. We used to know how squads were, were put together. So you'd have your squad in place, what club got at the moment, what areas need to be strengthened. Oh,
0: you, you did yeah. spe- mention a little bit at the, uh, on the end of the course that I went on. Because, yeah, it was yeah. like a, a big, almost like a, a oh. spreadsheet sort of thing. It's like we've got three goalkeepers, one, one's 28 years old, one's one's um thirty five years old and one's nineteen so where do we need to to yeah. have a look we need to look at a goalkeeper who's twenty 23 or something like that yeah. and, uh, across every position yeah i did i, re- I remember seeing that that was we, actually we, quite interesting as well
1: we, we we did that and um obviously we sort i of would I'd I'd sort of explain that and teach a little bit about it on the, the work on my workshops and then Go a little bit more detail into that with the agent ones. So we ended up setting that as a task for agents on the courses, and it was a two day course. I'd set a homework for him, so okay, if you're gonna approach a club now, put in this position, you've got a player, or let's probably get a role player together, and said, okay, you're gonna look at a club, um, go and assess the club, like you just said there, work out what areas do they need strengthening in? Uh, not just the goal, we need a goalkeeper, again. guess. What age bracket is that goalkeeper? Yeah. You don't want um, centre half, for example. You don't want three centre halves over the age of thirty-three or thirty-two, whatever um, like that. You'd want uh, an even spread. If you've got all oh, your centre halves are over the age of thirty or whatever it is, if those guys get injured, they don't recover very quickly. Mm. You've got three centre halves that are in the age bracket of uh, under the age of twenty-one. They're, yeah, they're going to be nice and fit and flying about. But if they have a couple of bad games, their confidence is going to be destroyed. So you want yeah. an even spread. So you want a younger. Age player, a middle age group player, and a senior one. you want an even spread. So, goalkeeper, centre back, centre mid, centre forward, you would want spreads like that. Um, and you'd want probably two players for every other position. And um, we started, I started to teach that to the agents. So I said, um, Go and look at a club, you do your homework, work out what areas they need to be strengthened and weakened in, and then put the information together and then bring it back to me as like a chief scout and then try and sell a player to me. And the agents. But absolutely love it. Oh, marriage. Them. That's actually, brilliant. I actually loved it. And then, um, then we, from that discussions and Tony Sharky, who runs the ASAs, he just said, well, that information you've created there for agencies is a godsend. Could could we create or Could you create that on all clubs like in the Premier League? And I said, well, why stop the Premier League? So we've ended up doing the squad charts for Premier League, Championship League, One League, Two, National League, and the Scottish Prem. So we've got all these oh, players for every single club. And uh, it's a tool for agents and agents at the moment are purchasing the league. So they want this information and it's updated every day as well. So we're playing moves or transfers. We change it. We've got heat maps on there as well. So they can see just if they've got a right back who's 22, um, played a couple of games, uh, 23 player or played in the lower league or overseas player from the charts, they can see exactly what clubs that person is to ring up. We've even got the contact details on there. The people with the clubs. Not the wow. Fans. We have the LinkedIn and so on. So who to who the who to recruit, who speaker, and uh, it's a, a complete game changer. No one, it's never been done before. Yeah, this is a giant. It. And then now we've had 17 clubs approaches now from Premier League down to the National League saying, "Can we have the information? To help us with our recruitment as well, and loan wow. as well." So we've got loan managers one X. They can send their lads out on loan. Uh, we have a free agents list on there as well. And so it's, it's spiraled. It's been it's been an interesting year. It's been a year of doing workshops that have started from, like yourself, coming to the Emirates. When I did the first one, I think I had about 12 people on it. And the next one, is 30 people sold out every night. So then doing the agent ones, then doing this. And, then, um, and now I've got loads of stuff. I'm, I'm booked in to go to the, the Middle East to do some workshops there. Uh, I've got, um, this week, I've got someone asking me to go to uh, Central America to go and do some workshops with the clubs yeah. there. Yeah well i've been asked to go to africa to do stuff in nigeria um it's scandinavia and it's just it's, it's great for me it's great and i've had i've had a couple of clubs i had one club in the premier league this year asked me to go back and do the opposition scout and, and a club in the football league asked me to do the chief, the chief scout again Yeah, said, no you're right i'm enjoying doing this so i actually love i lost a little bit of love for football after when i worked at Orient as well that kind of was a kind of lost a little bit and then also watching so many games and you're watching 300 games a year or whatever it does it takes a little bit away from you from enjoying football but then doing the workshop like yourself and you come on the workshop working with the guys that night Mm. It's, it's, it's a buzz working with people people are walking away and they've actually really enjoyed it and thought i've learned something and, exactly yeah. it's
0: actually the fact I, that, I I that i haven't walked away thinking oh yeah that was really good i've told loads of people about it um it's a joy having you on the show so so people that are watching the show can learn about it you know we've got listeners all over the world um via our podcast as well which is brilliant so people will be able to listen and, and learn more about it as well, especially if you're going to all these places in Africa, Central America, here, there and everywhere. You're just spreading the word of, of what you do. And I, I think it's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Once again, if you if you are interested, I've seen a couple of comments come through um, about, you know, about wanting to sign up if they do want to sign up are all the dates on your website.
1: They are. I mean, we literally just finished. This. We've had a bulk of about four workshops in a row. So the last one finishes, uh, level one's tomorrow night. I think there's about one place left on it. Um, and then I've got a new batch coming out from next week again. So I'm having a, a few days rest and then going out again. So it'll be level one recruitment, level two recruitment. And also the, my original, my first baby was was the tactical scout. Um That's coming online as well. And uh, we've even got a goalkeeping specialist one coming on as well. Um, Lee Harrison, South goalkeeper coach, was at West Ham, and Orient and Barnett with me. We're doing a goalkeeper scan, and that's never been done before. So, uh, yeah. there's a, there's a wow. few different things to look into as well. And, and the agent stuff as well. I can contact from me as well. LinkedIn for me is the best one. You know, yeah. Deb as well. That's where you met first of all. I'm on Indeed. LinkedIn. If you, if you want to get hold of me directly there, add me on LinkedIn. And, uh, He's actually
0: really good at replying as well. He's very responsive, is Jed. I so respond to everyone. If you want,
1: if you yeah, want yeah.
0: to learn or find out anything more, the website is going along the bottom of the screen. But yeah, just, just message him on LinkedIn. Really make sure you do. Jed, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I know you're a busy, busy guy. So the fact you were able to take some time out of your day for me, I, I feel I feel very honoured. Oh, no
1: it was lovely to meet you again. I know you come out to the workshop that night. It was good to see you. And I said as we spoke on there before and before before you started insulting me about my beard. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this is my luck look. I've never had a beard in my life. It's, it's a jealousy had, 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 thing had, from come.
0: my end. That's
1: all I've yeah, got. Uh, it's a jealousy well, thing. <laughs> So obviously, I'm, I'm doing some more Level 2s in a couple of weeks' time. It'd be great to have you on there again so, as a guest me as well. I'd be honoured, mate. Absolutely honoured. You, you, you'll, you'll enjoy it as well, which is quite um, good fun. But no, thank you for having me on. And I said, um, I'm sure we'll be up again. But also, guys, anyone's got any further questions or anything? Um, if you've lasted this long listening to me for an hour and 20 minutes, you're doing fantastic. <laughs> I went to Bo Robson's house in Eichhoven on a Sunday afternoon. He invited me after training and said, Do you want to come around and watch Chelsea versus Leicester on his um telly? And I went in and the house was the original Ronaldo's old uh penthouse in Einhoven, which was the best house in, uh, <sighs> so they had a, retractable, oh, a ret- dropping yeah. it
0: out there.
1: It, ha- it had a retractable roof in the front room. You can imagine that. And, uh, and so Bobby so Bobby said that part of his deal was when he went to Einhoven, and he wanted that apartment. He wasn't in that apartment, he wasn't coming, but it was a part of his deal. We knew that was the best apartment. We sat there watching football. I'm chatting away to him. And 20 minutes later, I turn around and he's fast asleep on the sofa. So for you guys to last in an hour and 20 minutes, you've done absolutely brilliant. Longer than the <laughs> sub. we did.
0: <laughs> so we've got a very interesting he's one. Particular, he particularly said he'll be signing up for it. But um if I, if you hang around there, Jed, I'll see you on the on the backstage. But for everybody who's been watching, um, we, we've got shows constantly. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page Actual at Top Football, you'll be able to see a list every, it comes out every Monday of all the shows that are happening during the week. Uh, this week, we've got our reviews and preview shows as normal and then we've got our watch-alongs again on Sunday. We've got some big games, we've got FA Cup games, we've got Tottenham versus Leicester in the league, we've got Chelsea versus Manchester United, we're going to have watch-alongs for both of those as well so make sure you tune in for those. But from myself and Jed once again, thank you and ta-ra. No
1: problem, thank you, guys.